It's Thursday, May 28, 2009. How green is Sotomayor? Bush and the baby bottles. Plus, white is the new green. It is? We'll get to that. All right. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this is your Green News Report. No idea what you have for us today, so bring it on, Desi Doyle. Well, the big news this week is President Obama's nomination of Sonia Sotomayor for Who? the Supreme Sonia Sotomayor. I haven't heard much about her. For the Supreme Court to replace retiring Justice David Souter. The folks over at Grist.org have analyzed Sotomayor's record on the environment, and they say it's limited but promising. They're quoting the president of the environmental law organization, Earth Justice, who says her record indicates she's not ideological one way or the other, but does adhere to the rule of law. Her most relevant environmental case was 2007's Riverkeeper versus EPA, a case that dealt with whether power companies should do more to protect fish species that get sucked into intake valves for the uh, for cooling power plants. Mm -hmm. Sotomayor essentially ruled for the fishes, saying that that was the intent of the Clean Water Act and that the EPA should consider what's environmentally beneficial for aquatic species rather than what is most cost-efficient for power companies. And, and that was the decision. It saved the fish, but it was overturned later, was it yes, not? Yes, uh, we reported that back in April. The Supreme Court overturned that ruling and instead found in favor of the power companies. Now, you say she follows the rule of law, they find, in this study. Does that mean that uh, the conservatives, the right-wingers, are going to be in favor of her because she follows the rule of law? Uh, of course, I think we have a feeling that pretty much anything President Obama does is going to be considered something that the conservatives are against. Even when they follow the rule of law? I thought that's all these guys wanted was to follow the rule of law. The U.S. Energy Information Agency released its energy predictions yesterday, forecasting that global demand will soar 44% in just 20 years, with most of that demand coming from developing countries like China and Russia, which means if we make no changes and continue with business as usual, worldwide emissions of carbon dioxide will increase 40% in just 20 years due to that projected increase in global energy demand. Even with growth in renewable energy sources, the EIA says the demand for energy will lead to continued reliance on fossil fuels for both developed and emerging economies in the absence of any mandatory reductions. Now, this has been one of the arguments against uh, the Kyoto Treaty and so forth, which is that even if the United States reduces its uh, use of energy and, and uh, production of carbon uh, greenhouse gases, that these other countries would not, that theirs would raise. And so is that true, even if we do reduce what we use, that it's going to rise anyway? Well, at the finalized climate negotiations in Copenhagen in December, China, India, Brazil, and Russia are supposed to be coming to the table. And since the United States, since the uh, election of President Obama, has indicated greater leadership in this area. China this week, talking to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on her trip to China this week, said they are ready to cooperate with the U.S. on climate change negotiations. So it's fair to say that if we set an example, if we do so ourselves, if we move forward uh, along with the rest of the world, then these other countries, countries will follow. follow. They want to see some action from us first before they commit. That's not what they told us during the Bush administration. That is not. I'm starting to think the Bush administration was lying to us, Desi. <laughs> We've reported before on BPA, also known as bisphenol A, the chemical additive to pla plastics. That Speaking is, of the Bush administration lying to us. <laughs> that is a chemical additive to plastics. It's a known endocrine disruptor that affects fetal brain and reproductive development, and it's found in the urine of nearly all Americans. The FDA still maintains that BPA is safe for use in food containers like baby bottles, but the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel recently revealed emails that show that 
that the Bush administration FDA actively sought out chemical industry lobbyists to help discredit studies showing risks from BPA. The Bush administration FDA issued a draft report last August that declared BPA safe for use in baby bottles, but that was based on two industry studies and against the recommendations of their own science panel. And it's also found out that they allowed lobbyists to write significant portions of the report. Okay, let me unpack this. You're saying that they found that there was poison, that, that BPA is, is toxic, and they were using it in baby bottles, and the Bush administration uh, lied about what they knew about it and allowed this to continue in baby bottles? Yes, that would be pretty much the, bl the, the blunt version of that story. Yes. So the Bush poisoned the babies, didn't care. And now, a Harvard University study released late last week concludes that BPA does indeed leach into liquids and is found in surprisingly high concentrations in humans after just a short time. The Boston Globe reports on this Harvard study, and they say it's the first to definitively show that drinking from BPA bottles does indeed increase levels of the chemical in urine. And Bush poisoned the babies and didn't care. You can go online to greennews.bradblog.com for links on how you can reduce your family's and exposure. And how the Bush administration poisoned the babies and didn't care. Now, you've heard of whitewashing as a bad thing, but Energy Secretary Stephen Chu means it as a good thing. According to the Wall Street Journal's Environmental Capital blog, Chu this week proposed that governments worldwide examine the benefits of painting our roofs white, literally, because white roofs would be more reflective of the sun's energy. And there's a study that calculates that white roofs and pavements could mean a one-time reduction of quite a bit of carbon dioxide, which translates to removing all the cars in the world from the road for 18 years. Paint it white. You heard Desi. Check out more at greennews.bradblog.com. Got thoughts, letters, hate mail? Drop them to us at greennews at bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Never poisoning the babies. We'll see you next time. This has been your Green News Report.